0: This is January the 31st, 1995, and we are at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. This is the 50th year of, of commemoration of the liberation of the concentration camps in Europe during the Second World War. And we have with us one of the liberators of those camps, uh, Major Gabe Baca, will tell us a little bit about what he saw and where he was during that period, Um, but first he'll tell us where where he was born and uh, where he went into the service and at what age.
1: I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, northeast Ohio here, and uh, my mother had to sign for me to get in in 1941 before the war started, and uh, I was uh, an aircraft mechanic down in Texas, and then I went into flight training and became a pilot, graduating in 1943. I went into combat in Europe in early 1944, before D-Day, and then I was, my 406 fighter group, uh, was, uh, one of many fighters in England, and then when D-Day occurred we moved over onto the continent and uh, supported Patton's Third Army. We were his air support, and during that progress, as we uh, moved across France and Belgium and into Germany, one of our uh, assignments was right close to Buchenwald. The concentration camp, which we didn't know anything I about. was just
0: going to ask you, did you have any prior knowledge of what what was taking place there, None that whatsoever. it was there at all? You didn't know it was no, there at all?
1: Didn't didn't have any idea. In fact, there were so many other things going on, the battle and the fighting, and and uh, the Germans were in close proximity, so we, no, that didn't even enter our mind, and it was only during a lull that I don't know how we managed to get sent to Weimar, where Buchenwald was, we were only about 12 or 14 miles from there. We had a, an encampment, a Fighter Control Center, and um, I remember being sent up there in a reconnaissance car with a friend of mine who was also a fighter pilot. We were assigned to Fighter Control Center to maintain contact with our fighter group and uh, they wanted a pilot on the ground to talk to a pilot in the air I so see. that we were on the same frequencies. And uh, it was almost uh, a happenstance that we were said we were told to go up there. We didn't know what we were going to see, and when we got to the camp it had already, they had already rebelled. They, the The inmates had already taken over the camp. They had already captured some of the Germans, killed some of them, and uh, when we went into the gates, the gates, they locked the gates and didn't the, let anybody out.
0: The inside, they locked the gates from the inside. Yeah,
1: well, the, the, uh, the army troops that took over mm-hmm. locked it to keep the, uh, the uh, prisoners from leaving because they were, uh, they were almost dead. They were just skin and bones, of most of them and they didn't want them out. They, they had medics coming in. They were bringing food and blankets and medical, uh, So some, equipment.
0: some troops had already in, entered. When I were. got there, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They had been there, oh uh, well, maybe a day. Okay. I, I, we were talking about when the, when this happened, and uh, you said that they took the camp, I think, on the 11th. Okay. I flew a, a mission that day, so I must, it must have been either well, it must have been when, uh, the day after, because I, I, when I was flying I wasn't right there at Weimar. Right. So I must have been there, uh, the 12th.
0: And you, your car came to those gates, and then tell us what happened after well, that. Well,
1: the first one I saw was a, um, a youngster. I'd say he was about nine or ten years old, with the striped suit, and, uh, who looked, fairly decent, uh, compared to the others who were in the barracks, uh, and uh, I found out later uh, that he was from Andorra, and he was 14 years old, and I think I have seen his pictures on posters or other in documentaries. Really? And so uh, then I met the next person I ran into was a very healthy-looking individual, in a striped suit, and he said that, uh, he wanted me to let him out the gate, get him out the gate. He said he was— He spoke
0: was, what language?
1: He was, spoke— He spoke English. spoke English. He said he was, uh, a, an American from Pittsburgh, he was a—and, uh, but he was a German Jew. I see. that's why he was in there. Well, we had a lot of Germans who were trying to disguise themselves as Americans or get in civilian clothes so that they wouldn't be the SS. And uh, I thought that he might have been one of those because he looked too healthy
0: to have been in, the to have been in
1: there. And uh, then we started. This was also the day that the com- the commander of this, our GIs got all the people from as that he could from Weimar and marched them out there and you showed see, them what was there.
0: You were there when that yeah. took place. What was that like?
1: Well, he had them going through there about six abreast. And he double-timed them, men and women, Mm -hmm. and there might have been children in there, I don't remember, but ran them through the compound where the bodies were stacked up, the crematorium, uh, the clinic where they had, uh, I particularly remember a head that was in a jar that was cut down the middle and it was like, uh, oh, you could see the brain and, and everything from that perspective. And, uh, then they had other parts of bodies in different c- containers. So, I didn't know that that was an experimenting, uh, experimental camp also for medical studies.
0: Were you horrified? What did you, do I, you remember how you felt? I was, felt?
1: I was thinking that I wasn't in shock, but I, I think it was unreal. I really didn't realize what I had seen until after I left there because everything, lo- the bodies looked like mannequins. Uh, the, one of the, uh, the, the most impressive sight I think I saw, other than the crematoriums with the bodies in them, they were still in there, and the fires were out, but the ovens were still hot, was in the barracks, where uh, the inmates were so emaciated, so they could hardly lift their head and their eyes were just in a daze. I don't think they knew what was going on.
0: You have pictures that you, you have, of oh, of yes, that day, have of that yeah, day, of that very day.
1: Yeah, there are some pictures of the bodies that were— there are bodies all over, uh, particularly in the courtyard, but uh, the ones that I have were taken by a friend of mine, who was also a fighter pilot on the same assignment. Uh, Jay—we uh, were lieutenants then—Lieutenant Jay McCall. Uh, he's now down in Phoenix, and I went down and got these pictures last week so that I could show them here. And the, the bodies, one part, uh, one stack of bodies were right near the crematorium.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the others, I don't know which photo that was. Uh, there's a picture of the courtyard. Uh, uh, at the gates were locked and the people were milling around. There were inmates and GIs wandering around. Most people were sort of like in a daze. We didn't, we didn't really know that we were going to find something like that.
0: There were hundreds or many, many...
1: Oh, hundreds of inmates? Oh yeah, thousands.
0: Were they men, women, and children, or...?
1: All the ones I saw were men and some children, children that were like the one I had seen. Uh, and I don't recall them as well as I do the first one.
0: Did they come towards you? Did they did they make oh, yes. contact with you? Yes,
1: uh, uh, a lot of them did. They wanted chocolate mm-hmm. and uh, candy which we had with us. Uh, you with.
0: hadn't been told at this point that that they could become ill if they would eat anything you know that rather than? No,
1: in fact while we were doing giving some chocolate and so forth we were told that uh stop it because uh, they would become very ill. Right. They hadn't eaten hardly anything, anything and the ones in the barracks were just skin and bones. They, they were the living dead, I'd say.
0: But did anyone, no one actually could talk to you and tell you what had preceded um, that day? They weren't able to do we that? We
1: never even suspected that anything else had gone on. We thought this was just a, uh, a prison camp until we saw uh, the crematoriums.
0: And then you realized?
1: Yeah, when we saw the bodies in there. And uh, the others we just assumed had died of starvation and so forth. But they had, that was a planned exterminating process that they had. going. I've studied it since then. Mm -hmm. And I have a a book here that, uh, it's Hitler's um, death camps. And it covers Buchenwald in there, as well as Dachau and Treblinka. And uh, it's a real education.
0: Is it hard to imagine that people could do that to each other? Oh, yes.
1: Yes. Now that I read about it, and I know what went on, and I was seeing the results of when everything that happened before must have been a terrible situation for the inmates. They were tortured, poisoned used for experimental purposes, and so I saw them when they were, you know, all through it, that they were dead, or near death.
0: There were piles of bodies, even— There were the
1: piles of bodies in the courtyard that was—I kind of, i kind of felt like they made a path by the piles of the body on either side, and that's what I have in my mind. Now, that's almost unbelievable, and I'm not, I'm wondering whether I really saw that many bodies stacked that high, because it's unbelievable that, uh, that they had them lying there for, until they could get them into the ovens. But, I feel, I, I remember that, and I, I think, it, it wasn't an illusion, because I, well some of these pictures brought it out, that it wasn't. And I, talking to my friend last week to confirm some of the things before I came out here, to see, was it really, true, what we saw there, and he confirmed a lot of it, and gave me more information that he had seen.
0: It was, it was, if not shocking, um, terrifying for a young uh, person like yourself, a young American soldier, to to come into a place like this.
1: Well, we had already seen a lot of deaths. There were, uh, we had fought already up to this point. We had been in combat for almost a year, so that wasn't Seeing dead bodies was not uh, unusual for us.
0: But in that quantity? Uh, in, in that quantity?
1: In that, uh, in that manner, because mm-hmm. we had, you know, usually the bodies were either our own military or the German soldiers, many mostly German soldiers, in uniform. Mm-hmm. But this was, uh, there There was a smell of formaldehyde in the air. There was a stench there mm-hmm. that uh, I think was, uh, very impressive. Something we can almost smell now.
0: Did it Did it cause you to have nightmares or did it, it just was it something you could... No, know?
1: no it didn't uh, because we were still at war. Mm-hmm. This was only a short stop en route oh. to, uh, uh, well Weimar was in the East zone, in right. the East German zone, so we were pretty close to the Russians and the Germans in between were trying to surrender and uh, so there was a lot of other activity going on. And during the period we were there, we saw it, we didn't believe it, and then went on. But mm-hmm. it was only later that, when we started thinking about it that what we really saw and what then we started hearing what it was all about.
0: Right.
1: Then we found out that was only one camp. There were hundreds of others.
0: Uh, there, did you realize at the time that many of the people were Jewish that were in that camp? Yeah. That Yes.
1: And, uh, in fact, this was The first uh, information we got that they were all Jews, but then later we found out that they had tried to uh, move all the Jews out of the camp down south. They were going to leave the others, and they left uh, half of the Jews in the camp because I think they were going to die, or they were uh, not, and they were of no use to them anymore, but the ones that were, they were marching them south, and I don't know how many went south. But it was only for a matter, for a very short matter, cause we were taking over the whole— that was the end of Germany, because mm-hmm. this is April. The war ended in May.
0: Right. Was it something that you talked about to your fellow soldiers, or did well, you not?
1: The—the—when the you- I got back to my uh, organization, they didn't know about this, but the person that I was with, uh, Lieutenant McCall and I, talked about it a lot, you know. right. We'd, we wondered about what went on there, and uh, did we know about it, and could we think of anything that led us to believe that something like that existed? And no, it didn't. It didn't,
0: didn't the people look on you at once? They realized you were Americans like saviors. I mean, you're liberators. Right? Oh, yes.
1: Well, they, they, treated, they treated us as liberators when we went in. Those that were able, able to the ones in the barracks just simply, I don't know how they, I don't think they ever got out of those barracks. They were just lying in shelves like in a warehouse, you know. Like cordwood. Yeah, and there were many of them in, you know, all uh, together, and they could just barely pick up their head and look at us, and we tried to tell them they were free. You know, nobody understood what we were saying. Uh,
0: Has has this experience, uh, Major, ever made you um, feel differently or is there something that you can share from Uh, that? Yes,
1: I I have great empathy and sympathy for the Jews. I've gone to Israel now about six times, and I have many uh, Jewish friends, Israeli, and many Jewish friends here now, and I feel an obligation that somebody who is not a Jew has got to let Uh, people know the skinhead, you know, that the skinheads are, are are not for real. That the, it did occur. We're here to confirm that and those of of us that have seen it and know what it's about uh, have an obligation to talk about it so that it never happens again.
0: Thank you very much. We as Americans we, we are proud of the American soldiers and the liberation of the camps that occurred by people like yourself. And um, we also hope that through the use of, of uh, these stories, these first-hand stories, that perhaps it will not happen again.
1: Yes, and as long as I'm alive, I'll be one of them to make sure it doesn't.
0: Thank you.